Hello, friends. Welcome to Get Wrecked, a kind of side series here on Play Along Podcast. I'm your host, Jared, today. Uh, and if you don't know what Get Wrecked is, Get Wrecked is a show where myself, Kai, or Ben will each be joined by another guest, either a fellow podcaster, streamer, friend of the show. And what we'll do is we'll recommend them a game, and then they'll recommend us a game that we've never played before. You know, we all have kind of those gaps on our backlog, those like, kind of big titles we have might have missed. There's a lot of games out there. Uh, and Get Wrecked is is just a way for us to kind of tackle these games that we might never have tackled before. Um, I'm very excited to introduce my guest for today. He's one half of the Friday Night Gamecast. Nick, how the hell are you, man? How you doing? Jared, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be here. The Play Along oh, Pod... The the play along pod is on my weekly like weekly listen oh, for playlist. Lot, so man. it is a you know it's an honor to be here and be working with you. So thank you so much. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. It's Friday for me. It's Friday for everybody. New episode yeah. of the Friday Night Gamecast. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we're doing we're doing great today. Thank you. Yeah, and and getting into the Friday Night Gamecast, you guys are your podcast is relatively new. It's relatively fresh. But geez, guys, if you haven't listened to their show, it's such great quality. You guys have such fun banter and conversations between you and Will, and kind of the different perspectives that you guys get. Oh, it's such a good show. But if the people at home don't know what it is, Nick, tell people a little bit about Friday Night Gamecast. Absolutely. So something that we went into this going for is that obviously whenever you do a project like this, you mm-hmm. want to do something unique. You won't, you don't want to repeat what, you know, 10, yeah. five, five, 10 other guys are doing out there or, you know, do podcast duos are out there. So we wanted to approach games from a celebratory perspective and really kind of reach out to the audience and create a space for the audience of people who don't have time to gaming. That's why it's called mm. the Friday night game cast. So like yep, people yep. who are working their nine to fives and on the weekend and the only time they have to play is the 48 hours between, or maybe, I don't know, 30 cents, <laughs> however long they have between Whatever Friday time. night and Sunday night. Um, you know, that's, that's what we want to make this for to kind of give people the option to understand what games are out there, uh, what's going on in the industry right now. And then like, see just the, the dialogue between Will and I, what kind of games that we like to play and what's like hot and current. So that's really what we are. um, And just kind of bringing games to this like celebratory level. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, man. And I didn't even think about like having that Friday night is is kind of a perfect time slot there, the Friday night gamecast thing, because you're right. People are at the end of their week, they're looking to wind down. Hey, if you want to check us out during the weekend, you have that time too. So it's it's yeah. kind of the perfect setup there. Uh, I had just today finished listening to your episode with Nave talking about uh like trophy hunting and everything. Oh man, okay. it's such a such a great episode. Yeah, it's so a, hilarious. <laughs> I had a blast recording that episode with Nave. Honestly, yeah. he's he's such a good host oh, for absolutely. anybody who does podcasting or anybody that wants to listen. To, first of all, shout out to the Game Together Pod. They're gaming yeah. together podcasts on all podcasting platforms. Philip and Nave both are incredible oh, at what they great. do. They have a focus on co-op gaming over there. But yeah, mm-hmm. Nave just recently featured on our show and he we talked about trophy humming and completionism. And when I did that, I knew that Gabe Nave has a really, really high gamer score. He had, like I knew he was in like the 500k, which is already impressive, right? It's I wild. didn't know. I didn't know the depths to the extent that he would go to actually get those. Like he and he was talking about how like alpha gamers would add him all the time. But we yeah. had a really, really <laughs> great conversation. It was no. it was so fun. 
Yeah, I, I went back because I have them on Xbox too. And I looked back and I was like, oh, yeah, like 500K. I looked at my own and I was like, oh. oh no. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about what my game yeah, score is on not, Xbox. That's not looking like That's not me. Here. I'm not him. I'm not him. Well, and it made me curious because I was like, okay, there's been very few games that I've like intentionally tried to 100% to. And I was like, okay, well, I'm trying to think of what games I did. And yeah. Astro's Playroom was one that I platinum on PlayStation. Oh, yeah. That was my first. And it was fantastic game mm-hmm. yeah it was that was such a cool episode and you guys just came out with an episode today talking about sports games that's super cool yeah. too yeah so that's that's so funny i um we had a really good episode will and i talking about sports games sports games is like a nostalgia category for me i wanted to I, we've been talking about like a lot of current things recently right and sports games for me like modern sports games not my bag but back in the day back when it was you know this right here the, yeah. the for the ps2 <laughs> sports games like when they were really still willing to be super weird with it that's right. where i was all about it that's so we had a good conversation about that and going in there and talking about like you know positive like SSX tricky and avalanche 1080 vibes and then like tricky yeah it's just like that snowboarding yeah yeah literally any snowboarding game you got me like yeah locked in but and then obviously i talk about like my struggle with madden from like the present (laughs) you know to the past and stuff so yeah yeah all that fun stuff i have a weird obsession i don't know why but like snowboarding and skateboarding games like skate 3 i still put on constantly if i'm ever bored i love skateboarding games tony hawk pro skater one and two i played so much tony hawk pro skater um but i was trying to think of like sports games that i love and i haven't played any recently but growing up kai and i even though we were not into football at all we loved madden we played like madden 04 like so much on the ps2 and we like that's what we talked about yeah. yeah, we talked about 04 and 06 specifically. That was mm-hmm. when 04, like, I think that was when Vic was on the cover. And then 06, yeah, 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 I think yeah. that was like the year of the Seahawks or something like that. So, yeah, I had a had a blast. Or it was, I think the Steelers were were on the cover of 06. That, Can't remember. I, I had 06 too because I was, I was a big Steelers fan. I don't watch football okay. as much anymore. But when I did watch football, I was a huge, huge Steelers fan. And I think that's why I got that because I was like, oh, I'm a Steelers fan. And me and Kai literally played Madden constantly. I lied. It was it was the Eagles. It was the Eagles oh. quarterback that was that year. But still, well, now I feel betrayed. Amazing, amazing game. I feel you yeah, lied to me. Sorry, I did lie to you. <laughs> I'm just, I was, we were talking about Troy Palomalu, and that's just oh, where my gotcha. like headspace stays. So for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But Nick, kind of tell me, other than kind of what we played for the podcast, what are some of the things you've been checking out recently? Oh yeah, so I have been into a lot of stuff this is this is constantly my life is having like 10 things going on at once bouncing (laughs) around games and especially because like now this is a whole new perspective like actually Mm -hmm. doing recording and like being in the space now where it's like i have stuff that i play for fun and then i have stuff to play for content which is fine i love both right right? the passion's still there for both of it but then it's like it like creates that like checklist mentality where it's like okay i gotta do this and then i gotta do that but yeah (laughs) like with that being said I just recently played Stray. I beat Stray. Oh, Stray was great good. game. Great game. Such I had a super fun. And, and I know that you're a cat owner too, so I'm sure you yep. have that extra special <laughs> level of appreciation for it in there. Um, and then I also just started Resident Evil 4 for my very first time playthrough. Ooh, um, yes. Yeah, my my glaring blind spots are being uh, have, having uh, <laughs> what, what do they call it? Projector lights shine shown on them. Right. And, uh, yeah, Metal Gear is one of those, and then RE Resident Evil, like the the old Resident Evil games, definitely. Is, like, yeah, bo- both of those for me. I 
am in the same boat. Like the first time I played a Metal Gear game was on our podcast and Ben recommended it as his first game that he recommended for our show. Wow. I played the first okay. Metal Gear Solid and I haven't played any of the other ones. And same with RE. Like I, the only ones I've played is Seven and Village. I haven't touched wow. any of the older Resident Evil games at all. So did you did you check out RE2 or RE3 Remake? Nope. The only ones I've played is oh, Seven man. and Village. I, I've okay. heard they're really good and I actually, I think I have RE2 Remake. I just oh, haven't yeah. got around to playing it because, like exactly. you were saying, a thousand games <laughs> juggling at once. <laughs> exactly. So bouncing in between that. So I got those. The RE4 is like my main center focus mm-hmm. right now. I was dabbling around on Power Wash Simulator last night on stream. I feel like I have to check that time. out now. So many people have been telling Dude. me that like I've been saying Power Wash Simulator is great. I was like, I feel like I have to just try it out at this point. Yeah, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. It's just something to like chill out. And that's what I, I specifically wanted to do at that point. I yeah. wanted to get like my like chatters to like build a playlist for me and just power wash to music. That's that's, that's so literally cool. all you need. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so I did that. And then finally, last but not least, Cult of the Lamb. I've bought Cult of the Lamb. Oh, uh, I have yet one. to press play on it yet, but I'm very excited to get into it just from everything yeah. that I've seen and everyone that we know I, is playing it right now. Absolutely. Both both of those. Power Wash Simulator, I think. I'm, I'm in the same mentality as you. Like now that I do podcasting like this where we're playing through games, I almost have like the checklist mentality. I'm like, cool, yeah. this game's good for this. I was like, now I need to find like a uh, going to bed game. Like I need to find a game I can play like <laughs> laying in bed. And I've been using yeah. X cloud a lot. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll do power wash simulator as kind of a like cloud laying in bed, going to bed, chill game. But okay. Does, does that mean that you have like the backbone that you connect for like you to do the Xbox? Cause I have I, the backbone, but I, I don't have the it. backbone. I really want to okay. get it cause it looks really cool, but I think yeah. it's touch. I think you can use power wash simulator. You touch. can. Yeah, yeah. And that's how yeah. I've been playing some games and some of them, some of them are fine, and then some of them mm-hmm. don't work as well. Like playing things like Gears Five on Touch, just just <laughs> like a lot of like if you're playing any kind of shooter or anything like that, there's a lot of precision. But if you're doing right. like platformers or things like Cult of the Lamb or like those kind of games, I think those are perfect for like a touchscreen too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, myself, other than uh, for the podcast, obviously we're playing through Chrono Trigger right now, which has been I- exciting and interesting. It is a game that so many people have talked about and I had never even played nor knew much about besides just kind of the overall time travel uh, theme to it. Right. But that has been interesting. That has been an, an exciting adventure so far. Let's see. The other thing, actually, you can hear my cat right now. <laughs> it's okay. She's she's adding content for our show. Yeah, exactly. People are here for uh, the kitty meows. Yeah. <laughs> the other things I have been jumping into, I just saw that they had an update for Kana Bridge of Spirits. And I yeah, I saw that really too. really want to jump back into that. I had just beat it recently and I was like, am I oh. going to jump back into this game that I just finished? Like, I, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I constantly get that that feeling whenever games come out. Like I had that, that pull for Control too because I was mm-hmm. this close to getting the Platinum in Control. And then I saw an update and then I was like, I can't. I can't. I don't have the time. I don't have the time to do it. But just out of curiosity <laughs> about Kenna, um, yeah. is it as punishingly difficult as people say it is? No, I wouldn't say okay. it, it does get difficult, but I wouldn't say I also just recently this year played Dark Souls for the first time. That's punishingly difficult. But Kena, yes. Kena yeah. has that perfect balance of if you've played any kind of 3D platformers during the early 2000s, this game perfectly encapsulates what that feels like. Like okay. I played so much of like Sly Cooper, Jack and Dexter, Ratchet and Clank, those kind of things. And Kana has that energy to it, but it oh, also wow. brings a little bit of difficulty into that too. So it does get hard, but I would say that the fights are fair and they're, they're very rewarding when you beat them too. Yeah. 
yeah, that's okay. That's interesting. I'm gonna have to see if I maybe hit a sale or something like that in this year because the the aesthetic and the art style, oh, even like from so the PlayStation Showcase when the they first, first showed it, exactly. Yeah. Like that's what pulled me, and I was like, oh. But then I saw like some initial reports, and I was just like, well, it seems like a double A game. It seems like a quintessential PS2 game. I've been mm-hmm. there. I've done that. Maybe I can just throw on like my. I don't know right. my two buy backlog. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, it's good if you, if you're interested in okay. any of those things, I would definitely recommend trying it out because, like I said, it, it is hard. It does get difficult towards the end, but yeah. I think it's fair and it's like a good like when I beat it, I was like it felt like the sense of accomplishment after beating it too. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. So getting into kind of the first game that we're going to be talking about, the game that I recommended for you to play, which is Bioshock. <laughs> Yep. And so Bioshock came out in 2007, a first person shooter developed by 2K Boston and 2K Australia, which is interesting. The whole 2K team was uh, was working on this game. Yeah. Um, But this is the first in the series. Obviously, this ended up becoming a trilogy. And um, the reason that I really wanted to recommend this to you, well, when I first heard you hadn't played Bioshock, especially the first one, I was like, dude, first of all, you got to play this game because it's come on. But when I remember, like, thinking back to playing it for the first time, it was such a different first-person shooter. Like, mm-hmm. there was a lot of, like, Call of Duties and Battlefields during this time, especially when they oh, started yeah. to peak in that 360 area. And Bioshock really brought something different to that table. They have, there's a lot of survival horror kind of suspense games, and they kind of put that into a first-person shooter, but added all of these interesting fantasy elements, but also it feels like old-timey, and then it has a bunch of powers that you can use. Like, it really did something different, I think, special at the time, and Mm -hmm. especially me playing it for the first time, it left an imprint. I was like... I was like, dude, Nick, you have to play Bioshock. <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you haven't played it, you got to play Bioshock. Absolutely. You you killed it, too. You nailed it right on the head. It's like this really, really weird, deep, interesting, like, steampunk crossed with, like, high fantasy sci-fi that you'll not really find anywhere else the way that they did it. Because, yeah. I mean, it's been, the, this kind of story has been told before, but it's like the mm-hmm. way they've been presented is honestly an achievement in narrative cool. design. Yeah, I mean, and the aesthetic alone, like in, in the setting and taking place in this underwater world of Rapture, like it, that alone in its setting is like I'd never seen that done before at all. Yeah, yeah, no, I honestly, uh, the thing is, is that when we, I first started playing this game, uh, that intro sequence, the first 20 minutes of this game, flawless, flawless, like literally no yeah. notes, like they killed it and they knew what they were doing when they did it too because everything is fully rendered everything Mm -hmm. like you you don't see any stuttering you don't see any frame tearings off in the building on the distance all of these are physical objects that they're in and they they spent a lot of time really immersing the character into this world and getting you into this like weird space Mm -hmm. and you're like oh as soon as you walk into this lighthouse and you see Andrew Ryan in that banner, in the red banner I, I forget what it says but it's uh you know you know that something's kind of weird something's kind of shifty but like mm. you're like here i mean at least i didn't die in the plane crash yeah, um, exactly. and and so you're going down and, and it's just i don't know the the way that they 
presented that art style was it was something magical in how they actually pulled me in to mm. living and breathing in rapture as a as a world and and like just going around in that little submersible um yeah. through from like the intro point to the actual mm -hmm. main section of the city it was like it was it was very tastefully done that's so interesting because obviously we're looking at this game and it has been remade but a lot mm -hmm. of the remake was a aesthetic remake you know the uh, yeah. lot, no plot things are being changed but it's cool to see that that intention because that was how i felt when i played it for the first time a decade later still holds up like that intro sequence with the plane crash and swimming towards the, the random lighthouse in the middle and going to the lighthouse yeah. and all of that kind of is still there which is really cool to hear yeah it's um it's honestly like I, I genuinely think that the remake did a really good because I played the remastered edition. Mm -hmm. I, I don't I obviously like I had friends and like, you know, cousins and stuff like that, that I remember specifically in 07 when this yeah. came out, you know, I was in school. I was at their houses. I would see them play. Maybe I grabbed the controller for a couple of seconds before I die. And then we switch back off. You know how kids do. Yeah. So yeah, that's absolutely. literally <laughs> the base level extent of that I knew of this game. I didn't have any other like beforehand knowledge of the narrative developments or anything like that and mm -hmm. honestly with the deeper appreciation that i've gained from like doing a little bit more critical analysis on some of the most recent titles that we've delved into i've like i like realized at a very early point from the way that they were writing this game from the structure mm -hmm. and the way that they like implemented their aesthetics and their character designs that kem levine say what you will about Autourism and like what it means to be kind of this like one man show the one yeah, exactly. guy that buck stops with me calls the <laughs> shots I don't think that that's healthy in terms of artistic collaboration however yeah. in this case I think that he had the right people at the right time to really bring this together and flush it out into the like this just it's a yeah. timeless classic it's a timeless yeah, classic it really is and they, they really killed it here so Jared is leaving <laughs> and now the play along pod is mine. I am control. We are no longer going to be playing Chrono Trigger. We are only going to be playing Pokemon and Mario Kart from here on out. That's all that we're playing. And we're not going to do interstitial titles. The play along pod means that there's no podcast. You just join the play along pod Twitch channel while we play Pokemon and, and Mario Kart. That sounds really depressing. I don't want to do that. What do you guys think about this, this, pokemon shenanigans that's coming out with scarlet and violet i'm not i'm not with it i don't know if i'm with it all the way yet jared i just informed our audience that but <laughs> the play along pod no longer covers episodic content on, on oh, games no. <laughs> from a deep narrative development we're only playing pokemon and mario kart from here on out i mean <laughs> nick that has been my ploy this entire time you just gave away my secret <laughs> I yes <laughs> i've been slowly injecting my N nintendo uh culture into kai and bed and forcing them to play every pokemon and zelda game that are out there that's been the plan since day one man that that's that's been my secret ploy. day one are you are you like are is nintendo your your thing your niche it's and it's so interesting because Nintendo is my I play literally everything, but I okay. grew up with the Nintendo. I have a soft spot for Nintendo, Pokemon, Zelda, Mario, all all of those things. Got it. But I would say I don't know. Like right now, in terms of like what console I play more, I play the PS Five. Like that's pretty much all that I play on there, and I use my okay. Switch to play those three things sometimes, and maybe some like an indie title here and there. But I mean, I mean, I love I love Nintendo games. Okay, like Pokemon like. I, I, a lot of people are skeptical about Scarlet and Violet. And I'm like, is there Pokemon? Are they new? That's all I, that's all I need. Can I catch that's them? All I need. That's, that's all, all I need. That's all I need. Yeah, the legendary that's in this new Scarlet Violet, where he's like a motorcycle, but he also has legs. It's creepy. Red. 
It's creepy. That's it's, what I'm it's, getting. It's giving my, me the heebie-jeebies. Also, what my, do you think about this? Like, I'm sorry, we're we're way off topic. Oh here, no, no, we're like, we're fine. Let's keep going. I'm what do you it. think about like that crystalline alternate form structure that they're doing with the diamond? The I, what did they call it? Terrasalize. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that got caught in my first, first of all, Worst word to do because how is anyone going to be able to fucking pronounce that? Uh, <laughs> in concept, really cool. Because essentially what it does is it means that you can, it's going to be interesting for competitive too, because you can change your Pokemon's typing at any point and you don't have any indication of what that's going to be. So in Pokemon, there's a move called Hidden Power and Hidden Power changes its type depending on your Pokemon's nature. And that's something that anybody can learn. And and it's kind of the same thing here. So every one of these Pokemon will have a, uh, a Terra type. And that Terra type will change their typing if they want to change. So it, it adds a really cool competitive thing. Do I think the crystal and the dumbass flower on the top of that head is a good way of indicating that? No, I think it looks stupid. Mm, I think it looks yeah. dumb. In theory, yeah. I think it could be really cool. I know they needed something to like visualize this is this thing's new typing. This is right. like a Psyduck and the Psyduck now has weird green flowers on its head. So now you know Psyduck is a grass type and not a water type, which I was like, sure, right. I, I guess. But here's also, here's my problem, though. Here's my problem. Yeah, we're in a terrassal type. My issue is is that that's all fine and well. And the whole yeah. legendary Pokemon is all fine yeah. and well. But I really think that Game Freak needs to stop trying to get fancy with the way that they're changing their formula or Absolutely. the way that they're bringing it forward. Absolutely. And like go back and do their homework and learn how to create a 3D open world concept. We because I have 0% gimmick. faith. I have 0% faith that like the world of the Scarlet and Violet is going to be filled and livable and breathable. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. I I, I think you're 100% right. I think that they need to understand that they don't necessarily... You've hooked people. People love Pokemon. They love it at its base form. Like I said, catching Pokemon and battling gyms, if you want to mix up that gym formula every now and then, sure. Like Sun and Moon, I like the trials. They're just gyms with like mini games in them. Sure, that's perfectly fine. for sure. But you don't need to throw Z crystals or people really love mega evolution. They want that back. And that was really cool, but you don't need to have a gimmick every single time. You just, you've already hooked us. You're, yeah. you're doing too much. You've already <laughs> sold me. And now you're doing too much. Now it's going the opposite direction. I'm like, well, not for me. Cause I'm going to buy it regardless. Cause I'm a slave to Nintendo. I've sold my soul to them a long time ago. Um, but <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's so interesting. And I re- I really wish that like, like you said, they would go back and look at some of these other open world games and tackled and, and seen like like Elden Ring. Like look at how mm-hmm. FromSoft tackled Elden Ring and the world building in that. Like take some of that. Like I mean, their phone call away from the developers uh, that did Le- that Breath of the Wild. Like literally yeah. they could probably go on like a 30 minute train ride and go talk to them and talk to them how they could implement different systems. Because it's yeah. it's the, the thing that I the issue that I have is that it's not that Game Freak is lacking for talent or lacking for yeah. budget. I mean, they have more money than God right now. You know what I mean? Like there's no reason why they can't maybe take an extra year and be like, let's create like all of these NPCs. Let's create all of these side quests. Let's have random or, like RNG occurrences that like yeah. the, the fucking let's create a Pokemon equivalent of the skyrim dragon but not let it be annoying i don't know i don't know i'm not a game <laughs> dev i'm not a game yeah. dev but yeah so what were or, you saying? like i know you're in nintendo's very game freak it's like this is our baby let other people jump in let them try it out yeah. anytime they've had people just develop things i know that the game freak probably had a very close knit and close eye on that but like bandai namco doing po- new pokemon snap like that oh, looked dude, amazing it slapped, I, didn't it it looked yeah. great 
I wonder what they would, yeah. how they would tackle a normal Pokemon game. Like let them, ha- let other people have some ideas. Let other people look yeah. at it and see what that's like. And then, and they did that a lot early on. You see, you saw games like Pokemon Conquest, where that was like mm-hmm. the, the the turn based RPG one. We saw so yeah. many different, and but they're like those ones didn't, I guess, sell as well. So we're not going to do those ones. And it's like, yeah. You know what's funny, and this is the last thing I don't want to bring us too 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 long, too far off topic. But I was told by Morgan from the Intergalactic Fine Cone. Um, I know that we're Love all that mutual man. friends. Love that guy. He's an yeah. incredible person. Incredible. Man. Um, I was told that Pokemon Black White is one of the best written games in Pokemon. Period, and that I need to play it if I haven't. Is that? Would you agree? Yes, but I wouldn't hold those expectations too high because it's the best. And most well-written Pokemon game, but Pokemon <laughs> games aren't that well-written in the first place. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's but fair. it's good. I, I will agree that they they definitely tried something new. They're like, let's just get like weird and crazy with this story. Mm-hmm. And there is some there is some interest in that. There is something that interesting okay. about the black and white and black white two story, especially because other than the originals, those are the only sequels that we have. So you okay. see character development. Characters in the next game have, they age, they're older, they have, like, the world has changed. Like, gyms are in different places, you know? So there is that, like, world development and character development between those two games that you just don't see in any of the other ones. Okay. Perfect. I'm this locked is, in. This is Pokemon. I need to get you on, like, a bonus episode and we could just talk about, like, Pokemon and Nintendo. Let's go. I'm down play. for it, Jared. Anytime. You just let me know. Okay. We'll schedule it. We'll lock it down. Okay, yeah, we're doing that. Um... But yeah, other than kind of the intro section of mm-hmm. uh, Bioshock, that first cutscene, what were kind of some of your first impressions going into this game? Because, you know, I mean, it's always interesting tackling these yeah. games that are like a decade plus older because it's hard to avoid the conversation. You know, yeah. there's always people talking about it, whether they're like, this is amazing. Then you have that expectation or like the opposite. We're like, this isn't very good. And you get that expectation. But what was kind of some of your thoughts going to early, early uh, Bioshock? Yeah, wild playing fifteen-year-old games. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. Like, absolutely <laughs> incredible. It's it, in, insane because, especially because I remember I was old enough to be very cognizant of like this being a very important game when it came yep. out at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that like early impressions when I started a game, I knew up front um, that the narrative was what was going to pull me through the game, and I was right. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. The the conversations that I was having with Atlas. Mm-hmm. um and then finding the logs that was one of my favorite parts is like going through the different types of the maps and i i wasn't i didn't 100 this game i didn't mm-hmm. go and find every single record or every single collectible that you could mm-hmm. however i did make sure to like look around every room that i knew i was supposed to be in yeah. and be like are there any audio logs that are in there one thing that really pissed me off about this though gameplay wise is that i don't know if this is a remake issue or if it's just an issue old game is old game but it's like you pick up an audio log and then you get a prompt to hold a to play the audio log but a is also like mapped oh, to a different I command remember and that so you like when you push down a and you're like i'm holding it and i'm holding it and it's like not playing and then i have to like press it again and then by the mm. time i like hit it like it takes like two or three seconds to engage that actual audio and i'm just like can you just play it for me automatically when i pick it up because they do it for some of like yeah. some of the actual like um like the narrative like intensive yeah dialogue you pick it up do. and it you pick it up and it, it automatically playing. plays but i wanted to do it with everything maybe that was an option i just didn't right. know but it's, it was just like a slight game pay, gameplay like like pick that i could have with yeah. this game and that's kind of an example of a lot of the issues that i had with this game mm, in terms of a in terms of a gameplay perspective like first of all i fully recognized how 
um, revolutionary this was for actual moment to moment combat. Mm-hmm. Having having a weapon in one hand, a weapon that you could modify and like pick different types of ammo, which I don't think maybe have been played with that much before Bioshock. Um, and then an actual like superpower that you have in the other hand. Like first of all, it looks cool as hell. Just whipping out this huge shotgun, and then you're and like, no, nope, like, I'm gonna whip out my hand. lightning. Yeah, fire exactly. or lightning or bees or like being able to like throw people oh, up bees. in a tornado. Yeah, the bees are yeah. incredible, but. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think like I, I mean the, the first thing that comes to mind is like Elder Scrolls games but it, did Oblivion and some of those other ones have that do I the only one I played was Skyrim uh, actually yeah. so I don't I know, know if any of those other ones do I imagine I so. don't think that that Oblivion I Skyrim did it better than Oblivion mm-hmm. did but I don't think that Oblivion did it in a way that was as intuitive as I found it to be when I was playing the game ah, as I was going through it and of course like you know the, again the the UI it you know it was what it was for 2007 and of right. course we've made so many strides and then I'm, I'm like I'm sitting here like wondering why these certain other elements that are in there like why can I like customize more hop swapping options why right. can I you know do you know <laughs> why do I have to go to a station to change this out you know that sort of thing um, is, but they how I felt in like I will talk about it when I get to dead space but just like save spots like that's not a thing anymore save points I'm just like why do I, right. why can I save wherever right. I want <laughs> right and that's I'm, I'm, I'm living through that with RE4 too it's like oh yeah wh- wh- why why but that's that's their thing the typewriter yeah. is their thing so yeah, i understand that it's that's okay um but like one of the one of the issues that i also had um was a little bit of the quest design and the the mm-hmm. the way that the yeah. gameplay was like like kind of hung up on the quest design like it was almost like I want Ken Levine to like tell me this story. I want the the Bioshock team to really like tell me this story. And one of the problems with that is that when you don't have gameplay that supports the narrative or actively encourages, people. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I started to feel that. I knew that I was going to finish this game, but I could started to feel that I'd be like if I was anybody else, if I wasn't doing this. Not that I would, I probably would have played it anyway because I, right. I I feel obligated to do it. But yeah, the, yeah, I could see how the audience would be very frustrated very quickly with the fact that there are certain points in that game where it's unnecessary. Like the, the whole, like you go to a location, you kill three people and you go take pictures of their dead bodies. And then you come back to the person like that is a very, very old narrative structure, a little quest structure that, that is in this game, which is fine. It's fine. It doesn't, it's not the worst thing ever. The, the best part of this game, which was one of my favorite parts did that, but they did it in an incredibly interesting way. Yeah. I Um, had, and I'm, I hadn't played. Uh, I played a little bit before the show, but I just got some intro stuff out of the way. But mm-hmm. what that's one of the things I do remember in playing this the first time is I feel like there was some aspects and part of this game that really felt unnecessary. Yeah. Like I think that the overall narrative and some of like twists and turns, which get fucking twisty and turny, those uh, mm-hmm. are the things that kept me going. But there was like those like lulls in between them. Like what? Like you said, why am I taking pictures of these three people's dead bodies? Why am yeah. I just walking to this person to talk to this person so they can tell me to go talk to a different person? It's like, what is the point of this? Exactly. It's like uh, it's gameplay for the sake of gameplay that right, doesn't exactly. really it doesn't encourage somebody to want to uh, suspend their disbelief. And that's my thing. And that's uh, when when you can put me and that's one of the most brilliant things that Skyrim did that came out shortly after this game is that 
you know, people role play that game to this day. Still, there are still Skyrim servers where people will go in and they'll live there. GTA does the same thing. People like there's there's this whole RP community that popped off because of GTA Online. I'm, I've never been a part of it, but I just I just know of it. So I think that that that's not this game, and that's okay for that not to be this game, especially since this is very much a linear on rails type game. But um, I will say that like the impact of all the powers just in terms of like overall impression like the impact of some of the powers that you do as well as the guns was really really cool i loved modifying my weapons i loved every yes. time that i modify <laughs> the weapons they would get cooler and more like steampunk where it's like this isn't yeah. supposed to work but it's working but it because you're in rapture yeah. and then like i love the fact that you show up there and like you don't know who you are in this game you know you know yourself right, it was, right. the character knows guy. himself yeah. yeah but like he immediately like is in rapture and he like sees all of these crazy fucking roided out splicers who are like getting oh, brutally murdered terrifying oh my god oh my god we're gonna circle back around to that but it's just so funny <laughs> that he he was he was in a space where he was like oh everything's going crazy here i might as well just inject myself with some drugs to get some superpowers because you know oh, oh. what the hell right <laughs> i gotta yeah. fight these people somehow but yeah I, I think that there are a lot of parts of this game that have incredibly bright shining moments mm -hmm. that definitely outshine a lot of the, the the kind of the fallbacks that we see and i think a lot of those fallbacks a lot of those critiques are just you know the game yeah. not standing the test of time that's all and that it is you'll start seeing this in some of the sequels going forward too and someone might have a different opinion but like for me i think infinite flipped this where it's like mm -hmm. The, the story felt not as important. I mean, it's, it has a wild story too, but they almost tried to do gameplay more and then they couldn't find that balance. It was almost like they tried really? to do one or the other and now the gameplay seems like it's okay, but now it almost seems like the story is a little like a little down too, but... The story um, was lacking in Infinite, is that what you're saying? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, I think got that, it, got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, 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 such, it's such an interesting game in itself and going into kind of like what you're saying the powers and some of the weapons that was like my favorite part of this is yeah. upgrading those powers i talked about earlier yeah. about how liking like early 2000s platformers like ratchet and clank that was one of my favorite things about ratchet and clank is when you upgraded the weapons in ratchet and clank they physically changed into a different like you saw them evolve yeah. throughout that game too yeah you see you see the evolution and then you actually see and notice and feel the impact of mm -hmm. what it has between when you have like a base Absolutely. shotgun and then when you add like this new customized like round capacitor to the shotgun and it goes and you feel yeah. like a little bit more vib vibration in the haptic feedback so like that was one thing i was like i was like frankly surprised about because i mm -hmm. got this on the epic game launcher and i yeah. was like this is not going to be supported at all there's not it, it performed <laughs> surprisingly well i would pushing oh, like nice. 120 frames like the entire time i was i was pleasantly surprised with its performance too mm -hmm. yeah um did you have any like uh powers or weapons that were some of your favorites um yeah i i honestly i stayed using the electricity because one of the things that i oh, constantly so found funny. myself doing was contending with cameras and drones and the way that you mm -hmm. deal with that was electricity. electricity yep so i i that was the first power that i leveled all the way up as soon as oh, i got adam yeah and so I, I did that and of course i had like the incendiary and um yeah. i tried to play around with the one where it's like you hypnotize the big daddy but I never quite could make that superpower work as well as yeah. I wanted. Yeah, yeah. I had, um, I had similar experiences with that. Yeah. So I, I kept, I like, I like would shoot him with it and it would clearly hit him. 
and mm-hmm. he'd be walking at me and then like half a second later he'd be slamming me in the face with his drill and i'm just like <laughs> yeah. okay this okay work? <laughs> this, is, this is bullshit i guess they're, they're selling me snake oil what's going on here yeah exactly um, but yeah i would say oh yeah the shotgun was once i picked up the shotgun i was like yeah. it's time it's time yeah. my time has come that's and what i was using I, a lot with yeah. the shotgun yeah the shotgun when i was getting up in people's faces that's where i thrive in melee combat and just getting up in people's faces mm-hmm. i can do long distance i can do sniping there's a time and there's a place for that especially like in games like mass effect or uh right. like any third person shooter you know gears i i love sniping in gears but like mm-hmm. with this game I, you know, I definitely, I maintained, you know, the, sh- the shotgun a lot. And then finally at the tail end of the game, when you get that crossbow, I was like, oh, the, the gates like, of heaven been, have been open all my life. And wh- exactly. That's what I, I literally <laughs> said this on stream. This should have been the second weapon that they gave me. And that's what I would have gone the entire game through. But yeah, I but think they so also pee like it's yeah. so good. That just like running around. They need like a new game plus where they just let you have the crossbow in the beginning. And you could just run around with right, the crossbow. Right. And then, you know, and, and if this game was developed you know last year would have had that right but oh, yeah. it, that's not the way that they would think back then i don't think that it's so, it's so funny like i wonder what was I, I think to myself what was the first game that had those like new game plus elements because very clearly right. at the end of this game um i don't think we're in spoiler section yet but um I'm like getting into spoilers now that's perfectly fine okay cool so well obviously yeah. Like you, you end the game and the choices mm-hmm. that you make, whether or not you choose to spare the little sisters or, or murder them. them to harvest them to get the yeah. atom. Um, I think that affects the outcome at the end of the game. Yes, I got I got the I didn't kill any kids because that's what thing. I said on stream. I don't kill kids in video games or yeah. in real life. <laughs> but I um I, I definitely I was like over here. I definitely yeah, I don't kill children. I, not at all. Not at all. That's not me. What? Um. <laughs> I uh, I was like, no, I, I don't I don't like I don't like violent acts like that in video games. Yeah. That's not kind of what, you know, does it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really I was like, I want to go through this game and I want to I want to do a pacifist run in terms of specifically in terms yeah. of the like the little sisters. And at the end of the game, there's this very beautiful moment where um, basically you are you 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 see your character like get out of rapture and goes yeah. to the mainland and it shows all of the little sisters little like sisters living say. their lives like on the mainland and like getting married and stuff and like mm-hmm. you eventually pass away and i think they show kind of like the violent degradation that happens to your body because of the usage of the atom while you were in rapture yeah. and yeah. like there's this very beautiful scene at the very end where all of the little sisters are like, in, like the hospital bed and they're like yes. yeah yep, yeah yep. it was it was a really powerful moment it was a great moment but I wonder what the opposite of that was. Do you know what happens in the in the the evil run? I don't remember off the top of my head. Oh, okay, but okay, I did this. I did the same thing. I was like, yeah. Well, because when you first encounter uh, these little sisters, too, like you said, they're just they're little girls. I mean, they in Kids. some instances they look they look creepy, but you're like, I can't. <laughs> She's like huddling next to this box, and it's like I can't. Yeah. I can't harvest this person. Also, this big daddy's gonna come and fuck me up right now. So I don't know if I want to attack this uh, little sister either. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I definitely, I, I found that that moment, um, yeah, really, really touching in terms of how like the narrative Absolutely. design of the story plays out for sure. Yeah, um, and I, I mean, oh, yeah, I was just gonna go into the the biggest draw for probably both of us in this, the lore and the narrative yeah. to it. Like yeah. the story is so interesting. Like you're obviously you you crash this plane. You're this individual. You go into the lighthouse. Um, you meet this wild cast of characters. But like they they're yeah. all so interesting. 
between um oh gosh what's like fontaine and and yep. and, and ryan and all of these yep. characters and obviously the the big twist that happens in this game too I'm, I'm curious did you have any knowledge or like preconceived notion to this beforehand or did you did you experience it and oh that's so fun that's so yeah awesome. i had i had no knowledge of the narrative design i i knew of like andrew ryan specifically i think yeah. mainly just from the promotion of this game back in the day but like yeah. that yeah, was yeah. um that was the extent of my knowledge into the lore of this game and really off rip coming out of the gates first of all shout out to the voice actor who acted you know who voiced andrew ryan because he I'm was so curious incredible and and very very talented actor clearly um mm-hmm. who you who did that but it, it was it was something that again kind of leading towards like what drew me in was I wanted to learn more about Andrew Ryan. I, I very yes. quickly, I'm, I'm this, this entire story is um, it's a social commentary on capitalism and the, and the trials of like end stage capitalism and what happens when you mix, you know, corporatism with science, with, politics and and how that kind of gets messy and how it gets corrupted by the idea of um the free market and and exactly how how everything goes in there and exactly how fontaine played into it i love how atlas when you come into the game like again like the the cast the core cast of the people who played in these games they Mm. nailed it so good because atlas i went into this believing that he was my friend and then and then it's like we we talk all the time on our show about games that do a great job of showing us instead of just telling us what's happening Absolutely. or in the world. And it's so important in this game. And this game really, really does it to you. And it sends yeah. you on this whole mind loop where it's like you're in that section at the very beginning and like you're it's maybe like level two and you're like, oh, this is gonna be a short game. And you get yeah. out and you're like, and Alice you're is like, like come oh, and come no. and meet me in the in the hydrodome in the hydrosphere. And he's like, my yeah. family is in there and you're and you go into that moment and then you like see everything locks down and you see all the splicers crawling around and the thing well, blows it's, up. It's and also then you like, see Atlas. Yeah. You see see him down there and you're like oh my god that's my guy that's my guy right there that's i got that's all my buddy get to him yeah. and then the twist at the end man that was not he was that was that is not who you think oh, yeah. it is and it's like if, i was go ahead no no continue continue yeah i was as i was going through this i was like yo i, I was very very intrigued about fontaine mm-hmm. because very yeah. early on you're introduced to the fontaine fisheries mm-hmm. and you're going down there and you know you realize that there's this guy this frank fontaine guy and you hear some some dialogue clips of people talking about frank fontaine in the third person and everybody is very scared of him and you know mm-hmm. up front that ryan has a big beef with fontaine because like he yeah. makes it very clear in the beginning he's like this competitor this this adulterator came in and he he twisted my system and turned it against me and all this other stuff yeah and it's a, another this one picture of this why. idea of this character as you're going through yeah you get this like very twisted idea of like like frank fontaine i i assume like, not cool dude that's not a good guy. dude terrible yeah. person terrible person who came in here took what he wanted took advantage of all the people of rapture which most of them were scientists or people who were involved in like scientific pursuits i think that's kind of the concept of the lore here and he he came in and he he did something he started making money off of yeah. off of the hard work of these people mm-hmm. and we realized that how like it was okay at the beginning because andrew ryan didn't have a problem that was what this was all about this was all about coming to a space where you could do whatever you wanted and get fairly compensated no rules you can get There's money no, from it exactly you don't have to pay taxes none of that yeah. and and then you come into this and you realize at the very end that like 
over the course of time, I thought Frank Fontaine was dead because the game just kept going on and on and on. And I was well, like, my name- he's always talked about in the third person. He's always talked about as this yeah. individual. You're like, this must have been some guy. Obviously, he's dead now, but this must be some guy that people were really scared of when he was around. And yeah. <sighs> I mean, okay. If you're tra- if you're don't want to know spoilers for Bioshock, like skip the next like minute or two because mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about it in detail. But oh man, once you when you meet Andrew Ryan in his office, oh, he's sitting there, he's playing golf, he's doing his little golf thing, and he tells you about the "Would you kindly" thing, and mm-hmm. he reveals everything that you're his legitimate son and all of this stuff. Oh, my God. And yeah. it's you, uh, right when he told me the "Would you kindly" thing, it sparked all these instances previous in the game and i was like oh my oh my god like th- that is such a cool setup yeah. because that is something that they've been setting up this entire time it's it's been there the mm-hmm. the the phrase to control our character jack has been there the entire time yeah. and it's just now that we're realizing and as you go through and start to peel back the layers of all of that you're like oh man atlas was the one doing like and, and then going back in the yeah. plane he finds the note where it says like would you kindly in there like we're the cause of this plane crash yes. like yes <sighs> And then it's like, and it's like an even deeper layer when you think about the development of this game and the the director who was in the room with Ken Levine and everybody else, and they they voice actor. We want it to be, we want you to be uh, Irish. We want you to do an Irish accent as your Frank, Mm -hmm. as as your playing as Atlas, because the the phrase "Would you kindly" that that is a very traditional old like yeah. 1700 1800 irish so we didn't phrase. Even think about it like it's not even a, it's like maybe a weird phrase but for that character it just felt like it was part exactly. of that character it fit it fit perfectly i didn't yeah. think a thing about it as i was so happy i was i didn't think a thing about it as i was going through this i got very suspicious of atlas maybe yeah. about three-fourths of the way through like by the time i got to yeah it's by the time i got to helios i was like what's going on with this guy he because like <laughs> even even at that point though like you got to admit that like fontaine played it brilliantly because he was oh, like yeah oh, just get out of here just you know you know save, save yourself do do whatever you need to do and and like he basically like you're on you think you're on a mission for yourself and you're gonna go yeah. take out andrew ryan and that's what you want to do because he's literally set up to be as like uh, the main that's evil what atlas it's wants not, to do it's not and uh yeah it was it was it was incredible the twist at the very end and he and also i did not expect when you finally finally go through all of the trials killing all mm. the big daddies killing all the splicers that are in between you and andrew ryan when you come face to face with it i think one of the bigger like more interesting twists even beyond mm. just atlas you know being you know a double agent betraying right, you right as Frank Fontaine. Fontaine. yeah exactly like i think um one of the more interesting ideas behind this was the fact that you are andrew ryan's biological son but the fact is that like it was it added this this extra dimension this extra twisted layer of like he went and he like went to the kind of the entertainment district of rapture and Mm -hmm. he specifically like coerced a like a prostitute into having his child his biological child for experimental purposes and it's like it's very very deep and twisted and she knew that something was wrong in there and then Mm -hmm. like you realize that you grew up like as a child basically just being a child soldier or a slave just to be you were an experiment to them yeah Yeah, you were yeah you were nothing to them and it's just like it it really it hit home and then finally you're able to break free of it and then the the last act we talk about climaxes and games too the last act of this when you are at your full potential at your 
full yes. power. You have access to all of your weapons, and there's only going to be you. And Fontaine and Fontaine says, "Come and get me." I was like, "Oh boy, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready, boy. I've been waiting. I've been it. waiting for this. I've been waiting for it." So I, yeah, it's just and, and then getting there, and then of course, like as soon as I see Fontaine in the final room, and mm. he's basically clad in like he, his skin is like the bronze, exactly like the cover. I don't know if you've ever read Atlas Shrugged, but he looks exactly like for all of our listeners the character mm. that's sitting on the front of the cover of Ayn Rand's novel Atlas Shrugged which is a commentary on the the positives of capitalism that's one right. of the most I didn't get those the, connections that's awesome yeah yeah he looks just like him you know in, in the fact that he's like this perfect human and that's, mm. that's the whole concept and uh and yeah a lot of what Ayn Rand's work and what Ken Levine kind of took from it um like he his this game is his thesis his counter argument to Ayn Rand's work is that capitalism is the only thing that can come like, like that holding can, us together yeah like that is, the, is the, the only glue thing of here yeah 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 exactly it's it's binding together society and it's keeping people through like kind of systemic oppression in a way that like maintains the harmony or balance of society unfortunately and that's that's what yeah, she said obviously we all know <laughs> we all know what the real deal is capitalism at this point but, but that's another money. interesting thing that's another interesting thing. people didn't talk about this in video games before then yeah. obviously you know you have like very artistic like masterful pieces of work like shadows of colossus which is like one Ooh. of the first games that were heralded journey. as like yeah, yeah journey like you know, these games that are like literal works of art from audio design to narrative structure to gameplay um but like this is the first time that people are talking about very real impactful like social yeah. concepts that are that are in this game and then the whole and idea I, of tenenbaum and what she was doing oh yeah um it gets so deep it gets incredibly deep and I think not only that, but I think during this era of games, we had a idea if, if, if a game was tackling a, a subject like that or was doing something like that, like it, it had a certain look to it, like it was a certain kind of style. You know, we saw that sometimes in some, some indie games, we talk about like Journey and things like that. Uh, but with this kind of very rugged first person shooter that took place in this underwater world, like even going into this game, you don't expect it to have that kind of big commentary like that or have any yeah. of those underlying themes. But as you start to play it, now you start to peel back the layers and hear about this world, you get all of that. And you're like, wow, they did a great job of incorporating that and like seeing Rapture and seeing the world and seeing like, I mean, from this perspective and this theme, what would it look like if there was no rules, if there was no laws, if, there, if, if this was taken out and you could see that in Rapture. Uh, so cool. So cool yeah. that they managed to do all this. And again, the f this game's 17 plus years old now the fact that you didn't yeah. get the the spoils from the twist that makes it <laughs> dude it it, yeah. the, it made it that much better and will was yeah. flabbergasted that i hadn't been spoiled or i i wasn't so revealed good. in this i was like for whatever reason my head was in the sand when it came to this specific That's game because i've had other stuff spoiled for me before and i yep. am not happy about it but yeah regardless of, yeah i made it out. it's been spoiled too uh i'm pretty sure there was like there's there a couple DLCs for this and there actually is an infinite DLC where I think they go to Rapture which is interesting. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That is pretty cool. Um I don't again I don't know any narrative wise about infinite i never played any of the dlcs but i know this and then infinite kind of is a little bit more rapture if you're looking to get mm -hmm. a little bit more of that which is interesting. Yeah. Um but yeah, did you have any any final thoughts on BioShock before we move on to the next game here? I think one of the only things that I haven't quite touched on be beyond kind of the beauty of Rapture and yeah. kind of the, the, the fantastic um, 
very well fleshed out, very well structured narrative design that's in this game mm. um, is I didn't I didn't quite touch on how good the audio is. Um, oh, the the yes. audio design in this game is creepy. Like we were talking about this before the show, yeah. but it's so funny that we're both playing horror games. Yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing is that like this doesn't strike me as a horror, a horror game. game. This doesn't give yeah. me the same vibes. But it wasn't until I was in this <clears throat> underwater area and parts of it were partially flooded and there were flickers of the lights, and then you start hearing like whispers of the oh, splicers through the, the walls. Are and awful. they're saying oh, some of gosh. like the most cursed <laughs> things I've ever heard in gaming like we talk I, yeah. i've played i played the FromSoft games and this this stuff <laughs> it takes the cake for sure so i you know i i think that the definitely the vibe in the atmosphere in the the powers the audio definitely design the as they powers. relate to the powers and the guns it's just yeah. like whoever worked on that side of the project on the development team really they they deserve all of the yeah. money in the world and because they, they nailed it yeah, and there's something about, I mean, with all of us, there's kind of this unknown about underwater. So there's almost like this uncertainty, even if you're not like scared of the ocean or underwater, there's an uncertainty of it. So having your game set underneath there and in a structure and being like hearing all like the creakiness of the the buildings you're in and being like, I, yeah. I'm underwater right now. And this is yep. super eerie. They did a great job of doing that. Yeah, they did. Uh, but other than that, I think that for anybody who hasn't played this game, um, I think there are sales all the time. I think 2K makes yeah. this makes the, the trilogy, the 2K, the, on sale all the trilogy time. is on sale all the time to get yeah. the Bioshock collection. You get one, two and three. Um, so if you have the time, you haven't played this game. It is an absolute recommendation. Um, however, so with that being said, if you get hung up on the the mechanics of the game, if you get hung up on how many drones that you have to deal with, how many mm. um, how many turrets you have to deal with or how many safes that you have to unlock. If you're not about that um, and you don't want to waste too much time doing that, I don't blame you. Um, just know that you're going to go into this game and it's going to be a little bit dated. Maybe yeah. play some of the newer titles, um, but just mm -hmm. know that like, you know, at the very least experience the story for the first time yourself just to get that full effect. And that's, that's do all it. I'll say. You got to do it. do it. Please do it. Okay, well, going into our next game, just just a shy year later, we get uh, <laughs> this year between the uh, years of like 2007, 2010, so many amazing games, like so oh, many yeah. amazing games that are we were during that time. We, were we really were during that time period. Uh, but the game that you recommended for me to play was Dead Space. Dead Space came out in 2008, a survival horror game developed by EA. Um, and I had played Dead Space before, like going into this. I had played it, I, not when it originally came out, but probably a couple years later. But I had never finished Dead Space until just, okay. re just recently. Um, but what kind of stood out to you about Dead Space and why, would, why, did you, why was it something you wanted to recommend to me or other people that have never played it? Well, so what I know about you, Jared, is that obviously mm -hmm. you're, you're a fan of, of gameplay. Um, yeah. But I know that for a fact that you are a little bit of a lore junkie. You have that lore junkie in you and that you appreciate <laughs> narrative design as much as I do. Yeah. And I think that um, there are parts of this game that 
are so intense and so interesting in terms of how it like meshes Isaac into this world and how it creates it it pulls you into the Ishimura in a way yeah. that like no other no other game really has um the the feelings of desperation the feelings of loneliness um that you get in this game are unrivaled other than I what I would say maybe Elden Ring or potentially Dark Souls mm. 1 yeah um, yeah and so I, I think that there yeah, I think that there are there are so many cases in this game where it's like I experienced a lot of emotions when I first played this. First and foremost, this game is fucking scary. And if you terrifying. like horror, it's terrifying it's, now. <laughs> it's terrifying now. Even with the graphical fidelity that they have, I just recently went back and I started I think that playing, honestly I, makes it even more scary, like the the graphics yeah. of the game too. Yeah, I mean, I I have no idea how I'm going to feel about this remake that's coming out next year, but I am so excited to get into it and like go yeah. through this story again, just with a little bit like more fleshed out like uh, gameplay mechanics and yeah. just things well, that are a little bit more streamlined yeah. than they were. In Not this only game. that, but the Callisto Protocol too, also tackling yeah, like the Dead Space like gameplay yeah. and narrative. We're, you know, that's yeah, we're gonna be um, we're gonna be spoiled for for options uh, yeah. for horror like beginning in October and then going through the beginning of next year. We're gonna have a Absolutely. lot of horror games that are coming out, assuming none of this actually gets delayed between now and then. Um, but again, like I think that at the end delayed. of the day, one of the most interesting ideas that this game plays with. Um, narratively for dead space is the idea of insanity and mm. what it means to go insane Absolutely. and i i don't think any other game that i played dealt with that and i think that well, that was something that you have to experience firsthand yeah. not only make you feel like you're going insane because i feel like there's a lot of games that i've played where the, like there's characters that have a sense of insanity to them and sense of wildness instead of in sense of being unhinged like i think about like like really well done villains like Voss from yeah. far cry 3 or, or, or characters like that but this game making the player feel those things too of insanity yeah. and unhinged and fear yeah. that doesn't happen very often it's funny you talk about lore because i've already started di diving into like lore videos of dead space and stuff like oh, that yeah. too so it's like wait i need to know more like why oh okay okay i, I can see I, i'm also a fan of just like the lore videos and like conspiracies that aren't even like close to being real i want to hear what people's okay. like wild takes are on games yeah it's like okay yeah. cool i can, I can kind of see them going in that yeah, they're wild imaginings um but just getting into the narrative a little bit in Dead Space, you start off, obviously, you're playing as uh, the main character, which why am I blanking on his name right now? Oh, Isaac Clark. Yeah, you're playing as Isaac Clark. And you're essentially going to, uh, there's a distress signal from this ship, the Ishihara. Ishihara, is that what it's called? Ishi the, the USS Ishimura. Ishimura, yeah, mm -hmm. um, which just so happens that your wife was also an individual that was on that ship and working on that ship too. Yeah. Uh, getting into the ship, you realize that there's no contact, no one is responding to your emergency call from it, and you end up crash landing on this ship only to realize that it is littered with these creatures called necromorphs. Um, mm -hmm. And the, the first thing that I want to get into here, kind of going to mix a little bit of the story and the gameplay, this game does a great job of its ui design or almost lack of ui design because yep. there's no you obviously you have a gun you have a health bar you have all these yep. other systems and mechanics that you do but none of that's present on the screen is like a little gun and ammo all of that's just built into the character so obviously isaac clark's health is just this trans this uh illuminescent tube that's running up his back and as you get hit you see that slowly starting to go down and as you heal that goes up 
done so well built into the character oh, well. flawlessly you also yeah. get uh, the ability to use powers to kind of have this force ability stop things in time that's also another gauge on just the back of your character and just thinking of it as being implemented into the the character design itself and not not having any distractions from what's happening on the screen and having this the screen be blank is so cool it is it so is. good good design it's incredible. I mean, like this is this is a master class in yeah. UX UI development. Absolutely. And whoever whoever did that in two thousand eight, like they should. I mean, I'm sure that they've had projects and worked, you know, for years afterwards. But they deserve all of the money in the world, just like the audio the audio designer yeah. deserved it from Bioshock because the the yeah exactly like you were saying the way that it's built into his like spinal column of his suit, so um, cool. like to, to indicate like his health or like the fact that like I, Halo did this, but like yeah. you're looking at the 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 counter of the actual um, mm -hmm. ammo that you mm -hmm. have and whatever gun that you're using at that point in time. Good. And right. not to mention, not to mention we can, I know you're about to get, get into this at some point, but what a cool gun. The plasma cutter is man. What an it's iconic so weapon. Fun. It's just not only an iconic weapon, but very satisfying to use. Like when you're, when you're first getting up against the necromorph in the first place, the, 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 what you realize about them is to defeat them. You have to shoot off their limbs. Um, and with all of your guns in this game, they can all have a secondary fire. And the one with the plasma cutter is it can shoot horizontally or it can shoot vertically. Mm -hmm. Different enemies will have you switching up those things depending on the situation. But when you get into them and you realize, oh, okay, I can shoot off these limbs. They come off within a couple shots and that's what's going to save me. You're like, you're holding on to this plasma cutter. You're like, this is my baby. Yeah. This is things is what's going to, is going to help oh, me yeah. throughout this game. Yeah, there's literally an achievement in the game where if you uh, you get a you bit a, an individual achievement for doing 100% playthrough and not using any of the other weapons and only using plasma cutter and it's doable. Oh, I, like it's I easily doable, especially <laughs> if you yeah, the some of the weapons are just too fun not to use like the buzzsaw yeah. or oh, like Oh, that's uh, what I use all the yeah. time is the buzzsaw. Yeah. Yeah, 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 one yeah. of my one of my favorite weapons in this game is the uh, pulse rifle and like mm. the secondary action that you use in pulse rifle. Awful. What what a cool idea to have secondary actions that your guns can perform in this it, it makes so much Absolutely. sense for a sci-fi setting in a sci-fi game mm -hmm. of the fact that he like he goes down on one knee and it splits into like three or four different like yeah. parts and spins around him i was like whoa this is is so outstanding cool. it's so much fun oh and it, it brings so much like versatility to isaac's like uh his his weapons and his his the things that he has for him like when you go yeah. into situations you have options like okay, what gun do i want to use you have an options of using four different guns but again all those guns have different secondary fires they have different mm -hmm. things that you can do for them too strengths and weaknesses too. and weaknesses yeah. yeah i use that buzzsaw constantly it's <laughs> constantly so, it's, it's so, so good the, the line use. the line gun is really cool too basically that one i use a them. lot too in the beginning yeah, the, i once i got the line gun i pretty much use the line gun constantly yeah yeah the line gun is basically just like the shotgun version of the yeah. of the the plasma cutter and it just goes very far so i love that right. well the, yeah it goes far and it has kind of a very wide range so if you're like mm -hmm. shooting at the legs you can take both the legs out at the same yeah. time which yeah. is not gonna with some of them not gonna instantly immobilize them because they'll start walking with their giant scythe hands but yeah. there's there's another enemy where it's like a little baby that has three little tentacles that come out of it and being able to use this line gun you can hit all three of those at once usually and uh, another thing that's great is just the enemy variety and the enemy design all the necromorphs and the different types of necromorphs oh it does so well 
Oh yeah, that, absolutely. Like like the little the babies that have like the they tendrils go out of it. Me out. Yeah, I not it was, like the it babies. Incredibly creepy, and then like the the bloated ones, and then like there's the one the the level where you are going into the ship and you go into the food storage area, and oh, then you start seeing the so the funny. actual the necromorphs that are like producing like this poison toxin, and they're like hunched yeah. over, and like you see this vestige of what used to be like a human being. All of them, you see what used to be human beings, but like yeah. it's all incredibly dark and twisted and horrific and like the best sense yeah i have it's, a question for you though in terms right. of sorry uh i it, when it comes to the gameplay here and this is something uh -huh. that i remember because i played this game i don't know how old i was i was it must have been in my early teens when i first played this but terrifying. um <laughs> yeah terrifying i got to the point where there were certain moments in this game that were so incredibly like heart racing and terrifying that I just I couldn't deal with it anymore. And I turned off my Xbox 360 save state be damned. I would have just gone through it again because I already gave <laughs> it through it once. And I just I had to like walk away from the screen. Like, did you have a moment like that in your playthrough this time? Yeah, so that I, none where I turned off the console, but there were situations. There's a lot of pausing that happened and me collecting myself like, yeah, OK, let's put this controller down. This is what I'm doing. I'm assessing the situation in my head. I'm like, OK, there's uh, five or six of these necromorphs that are in front of me. I have very little ammo right now. What am very I supposed low health. to do? Very low health. Also, yeah. the death animations with Isaac are very wild and very aggressive. They're so, <laughs> they're so oh, God, that gives me the heebie-jeebies yeah. when you see your character and the visceral yeah. yeah death sequences. Yeah, terrifying um no but there's definitely moments like that where i had to like just push pause and be like what am i gonna do in this situation because like breathe. you said the, the yeah the, the sound design is done so well and in times where it's like there's almost this eerie level of quietness that's how i know that something's gonna happen because it starts getting quiet and i'm like mm -mm. i yeah. see a long hallway and it's there's no sound that means that i there's gonna be some jump this scares in issue. here or the start fact hearing, that like yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say you start hearing like you can hear them running in the around the walls and like little clinks here and there too. I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like this. And like even even then, even then, when you had a headset on or if you were yeah. working with like surround sound speakers, the fact that you would hear clinking behind you, you turn around, nothing's there, and then you turn back around and you have a necromorph that's, that's like right in your face. Get you. Like you, you uh, yeah. It reminded me of another game. If you haven't played this, I definitely recommend that you should. Uh, Alien Isolation does okay. this so good really like probably some of the best instances of this that i've seen and not only that but the the aliens in alien isolation their movements and behaviors are procedurally generated so they're always doing different kinds of movements and like as they're going through the space oh, wow so they show up in different areas on this space station depending on when you're playing and what you're doing and another game where i had to like turn off my console or just pause it and put it down if you haven't played alien isolation play it it's so it's fantastic okay i absolutely will because i had this sitting on my xbox for a while mm -hmm. and i like messed around in the beginning and i could tell that it looked very beautiful even today yeah. like I, I know it's a little bit of an older game yeah, but yeah. uh but like yeah i could tell like, it was like 14 15s or so yeah. No, now that right no. there, that might be a good game to throw on on Twitch and stream and have people see my heart rate because Alien is one of my favorite franchises and one of the scariest Ooh, like okay. enemy designs hands what's, down. So. What's interesting too is they give you a uh, an item that's like a radar so you can see where it's going and where it's moving, which is almost worse because you're like, oh, oh it's God. here, and then you're like, cool. I'm gonna leave over there, but then it blips in a different spot that's closer to you, and you're like, oh no, it must have traveled <laughs> through like vents, and now it's here. But the, yeah. the when you, the animations of you getting killed are just like are just that like in dead space when you're going one way and turning around and you're running into a necromorph uh and you're you have the ability to fight it 
that's the difference in alien isolation is you don't have that physical ability, at least at first to fight them. So you run into them, you're dead. Like you oh, see wow. them, you're dead for the most part. So oh, yeah, I would no. definitely play it. And this game, if you liked Dead Space, you'll love Alien Isolation because they, okay. they were they were good games. But perfect. Yeah, there was many moments like that in Dead Space. It, it's interesting because of the game being so old that it is so haunting and terrifying still. And I think because of the aesthetic design, again, I think almost the age and like the Xbox 360 brown that it is, like every other Xbox 360 <laughs> game almost builds and adds yeah. to the, the like the ambiance and the the unsettlingness of this game. It does. It does. Yeah. No, I definitely I remember going through it and like seeing like the fog and the aspect textures. It looked yeah. like a different game back in the day because clearly we oh, were playing yeah. on 360s. We were playing on TVs that were supported by the 360s. So it yeah. looked like it was supposed to look back then. But then, you know, obviously we bring it forward in the future. We're playing it yeah. on PCs with like very high res, you know, monitors. And it's like you're not this is not what it was initially designed for. However, mm-hmm. you still see that. And I think hands down, like what takes that is the audio elements of this game. Yeah. There is um there is a moment in this game, one of my moments where I had to like I, I didn't throw my controller, but I tossed it behind me on the bed and I just like watched <laughs> out there and I was like, I'm done. Was where Isaac throughout this game, like you said earlier, Isaac Clark is trying to find his wife, Nicole. Yeah. Um, and like that is the main impetus of this game. And like mm-hmm. honestly, I as the player started really empathizing with Isaac because I was like, yeah. I would do the exact same thing. I would go through whatever I needed to do to find my yeah. wife. Um, I didn't see the red flags at the beginning of this game that <laughs> meant that Nicole is not there anymore. She's not with us any longer. Yeah. Well, it's, but, it's interesting that we decided to chase uh, to tackle both of these games because two games that have very twisty like endings to them as well. Like you just alluded to there, the entire time we're trying to find nicole we're trying we're, mm-hmm. we're seeing her where she we're talking she's talking to us through yeah all of the the another thing that's a great just design was when you're having any kind of conversations with the character that's away from you a little kind of screen will come up next to your character and they'll be doing having dialogue from that which is done really well but you'll you'll see her then and yeah. she was all in your head she wasn't real the whole time she She's died in, early on in in, yeah. in this when they first got stranded and she wasn't even there which like you said the the levels of insanity because it's being played as she's a individual there and that's your goal your your entire goal in this game is obviously to get off of here but knowing that she's alive still that is now your yeah. goal and getting to the end and realizing that it was all for not for nothing but she's not even there is wild yeah, there was a there was a moment where obviously, like you said, we see her, we talk to her, yeah. we see her face, we like and all of the things that she says to you in the marker, the marker knew this the entire time, but all of oh, the absolutely. things that she says to you is incredibly like nostalgic. It like it, it evokes this this feeling in the character like yeah. I want to save you, like it evokes my savior complex. Maybe I don't know what it yeah. is with, with a lot of other people, <laughs> exactly. but um, I was like, I need to go, I need to find this wife and get off this fucking mm-hmm. ship because I'm done with the Ishimura. I don't want to be here anymore. I've blown up asteroids. I've killed monsters and there's a point in time where you get so close to her you go there's this moment where you go into this elevator shaft yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's obviously like the space where the elevator goes up and down and you see a ledge and you see nicole walking on the ledge and she's talking to you i forget what she's saying but she's talking to you and you're like oh my god that's her she's almost there i'm gonna go get her and we're mm. gonna team up we're gonna maybe do this like weird character where you have like a re4 where you have her falling behind you yeah, and yeah, commander yeah. or some crazy shit um and then all of a sudden you see like the necromorphs that are like right up on 
on her and you're like, oh my God, no. And then there are necromorphs that are actually on you and in your face and it interrupts yeah. the middle of the conversation that you're having and it like stabs at you over the railing and you're mm -hmm. just like, oh my God, this is like, I, I, I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't deal with it. I was like, I'm yeah. sorry, Nicole, I'm leaving. I can't, <laughs> I can't. I threw my controller. I was like, oh, I, I can't I, do this. Yeah, necromorphs, no, but, no. demon people, wife, uh, yeah. survival. There's another uh, instance yeah. of that too, where she's kind of on a platform across for you, and she's opening a door or something for you, or doing that. And there's a bunch of necromorphs that are coming towards her, and there's some yeah. on her side and some on your side. And you got to shoot them, right? You got to shoot them. But the entire That's time what I was doing talking, that, yeah. I was like, it's, it's really odd that she's not very reactionary to these things because she's just on the yeah. computer across in there and then she's not doing anything about it. She's not like at least flinching when they get too close. But I was mm -hmm. trying to make sure that it didn't get close to her either. So I was trying to stop yeah. that from happening. But and there's always these little hints, like you said, almost like it's being pulled from your nostalgia. They're saying the exact same right thing to help you go and save you. And as the, yeah. the game started going on, I was like, this is getting... It's getting a little suspicious. It's but I, a little I, didn't, sussy. I didn't, yeah. I didn't expect I because I didn't remember the ending or didn't play the ending at all that she was all in our head. I thought that she was gonna be either evil or like Kendra or corrupted or by she's the marker, yeah. Corrupted or things like that. Yeah. But she wasn't at any of that. She wasn't even real in the first place. Yeah. No, she was it was a complete figment. And yeah, yeah the, the whole twist and um learning also like the end of the betrayal that you have from uh yeah from the from your team member what was her name again and kendra was, kendra yeah yeah kendra who like once you actually are on the Fuck planet's kendra. surface and yeah she's like she's like she's like i'm glad that you did all that work for me i had a, yeah. i had a comfortable time going and doing whatever i was supposed to do and then she decides that and you have to like you know do your whole thing to try and actually blow up the marker yeah. but how I mean, cool is this idea i'm sorry what were you gonna say no, I was just I was just going to talk about the lore and more of stuff about Kendra and the weird cult and everything like that and the marker. And it's just like, yeah, that's all wild. So crazy. Yeah. So I don't know if you have seen any any of the like movies that are based off of this, but they have a really, really they have a couple of movies. The first one is Dead Space Downfall, and that oh, takes wow. place during the events that are immediately preceding this instance well I, I can't remember if dead space downfall is it preceding the mm. events of the ishimura um but it like it does that and then they have an after dead space aftermath about like what happens after isaac clark is it like after one before two like before he wakes up in two and like the prison and stuff like that yeah or? but it's not okay. following isaac it follows like these uh, mm. ancillary characters that are very oh, loosely gotcha. related like D downfall talks about the captain and like what happens oh, to the ship and the crew and it like it goes through the whole process of them cracking that planet open and pulling it out so highly recommend if you're into Ooh, the lore and the dubbing yeah, the lore yeah. i strongly recommend both downfall and aftermath um mm -hmm. to check those out but uh yeah so i i think that that that's definitely what's gonna really like tickle that that notion of it but i was just gonna yeah. say how cool is this whole idea of like unitology and the fact that like yeah. human beings, like they don't know about the markers, but they have been somehow like the Drawn marker has seeped they, into the exactly. culture of humanity living in space that they were able to form a religion on it. Like that's that concept is just well, so cool. It's like the, the, the marker has a need and knows it needs individuals to successfully perform this plan of its. So it's like you said, putting itself into the culture and realizing that us humans will latch onto those kind of things and then we yeah. get these individuals that literally will sacrifice everything 
to appease and find these these beacons, these all of these things. Like, and that was the whole point. I mean, we the whole idea of, of dead space is like obviously the world's being ruined, trying to find resources. That's yeah. what the whole plan of that ship was in the first place. But mm-hmm. we realized that it was just to try to find the marker. And that yep. was the whole goal of it in the first place was trying to find the marker. Yeah. Yeah, the whole the the idea of how the unitology had been like so deeply implemented implemented into yeah. the society of the people in the the military um and the, the like the higher government command that That's like so made sure crazy. like they knew something was wrong with the Ishimura but they knew what the Ishimura was doing so they sent right. Isaac's team out there to make sure that retrieval was successfully completed um and in the fact that like that that whole idea and the aspect of like you see the writing on the wall and how like it's very much um kind of like nihilistic in terms of the philosophy that's yeah, involved in yeah, it. It's yeah. a very dark commentary on like the nature oh, of humanity um, as, as many horror, horror games or horror movies are. Um, but I just, I found it like one of the most intriguing aspects. Like I kept wanting to learn more about unitology or like how yeah. people were like, how this religion was proliferating amongst like the human, human, human population. Right. Um, and you get a lot more of that. Yeah. Exactly. And like in the fact that there are still other religions at this time actively competing against like the spread of unitology. It's so, yeah. so fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And then and then the twist of Kendra being part of the unitology and everything like that and her portraying you. It's okay. She gets her she gets her due diligence because she gets yeah. smacked by a big tentacle and tossed <laughs> oh, against yeah. the wall. So it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's what you get. And then the big creature comes out. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. I guess I got to fight. I got to fight this thing now. Um, but this has made me want. I know there's been conversations and talking that dead space two and three are about a really hit and miss for some people especially because right. I, I know dead space three incorporates a lot of like co-op stuff and a lot of more like action than than horror and suspense yeah. um but the, the the little parts that i've seen about like lore with those two games it really does seem interesting though i'm oh, like okay oh, i gotta tackle these that um i will tell you for sure 100 percent dead space two really mm. really dives deep into like the narrative structure and the development oh, yeah. of the lore um that's kind of like what the whole point of two is is kind of explaining yeah. like how you furthering that is, lore like, interfacing yeah interfacing mm. with like the the humans who have like spread out uh, amongst the different colonies that are you know in the in the solar system mm-hmm. um so yeah they they did an outstanding job in two and, and the thing about two is is that i would say two is a scarier game than oh, one. interesting Mm-hmm. yeah and it's just they they took all of those elements from one i imagine that they had very short like production development downtime mm. in between both games because i could clearly tell that like the ideas that were implemented in one were carried over and just ratcheted up to 11 for two uh Ooh, for me okay yeah. okay that's that's really interesting and that's good to hear too because that obviously that's one of the draws was how terrifying this game was not only made me to never want to play it again but also made me like okay i really want to play this game because of how terrifying it is oh yeah um one uh i'm trying to think of there's some really cool bosses in this game but one of my favorites and it implemented a mechanic that i really like is the anti-gravity rooms and there'll be rooms that are just without gravity and Mm -hmm. what you have to do is aim at different sections of it and then if you press the y button or whatever the equivalent button is you can jump towards those different sections of the area and there's a boss that revolves around this where it's like this big almost like stranger things looking demon at the bottom yeah. of this thing and that's shooting these like fireballs at you and the arms will come and smack you that was one of my favorite bosses like i died one or two it times cool during boss. that but it was so fun to do 
Yeah, it was super cool. I, I love that moment. Um, and that's right after you shoot the asteroids. It's either yes. before or after. It's like you shoot the asteroids, which was super fun. That's like, it was like yeah. a very big Star Wars moment for me, shooting yeah, those yeah, asteroids yeah. and the Ishimura and like having that kind of intensity. And then you get to the point where you have to go in and you realize this is the thing that's been feeding on all of the food storage and you're battling yeah. it. And it's like, yeah, exactly like you were saying. You're It, it implements this idea of three-dimensionality because like, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter if, you, if you're, you know, you're weightless, you can just jump around the room you don't yep. you don't have to worry about it you're very mobile you're very active and that's what a lot of this gameplay supports is you using the like the the weapons the stasis that you have the stasis oh, is a love stasis. cool idea pairing that with like your 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 weapons set and, and everything that's involved with that and then not only that the moments where you have to worry about your o2 while you're out there and you're running out of oxygen yeah. and you have to like it's, kind of grapple with that like puzzle design element okay i have to do yeah. this like that or i'm gonna and i'm run out and i'm gonna die so there's so many interesting like mechanics to this game and I feel like they're all done so well. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I really loved was, I mean, obviously if you press the inventory button, you have a map and it's very much like a Metroidvania kind of look at, at this map. But if you ever click the analog stick, Isaac puts down like this beam on the ground and it'll shoot towards the directions you need to yes. go. So yep. cool. So cool. If it you're kind of cool. like exploring lost and don't remember where you're going. And again, like not a, just like a beacon on a map or like a, a marker on your screen. You could just push it and it just bleeds into the atmosphere in the world so well. Yeah, and exactly. It's like, we uh, again, circling back around to the like the the UX UI design into this game. Like so it makes good. sense. Like you can imagine being Isaac and using that to like yeah. find wherever you're going. If you need to find the bathroom and you're on Absolutely. some space station. Yeah, that's where you go. And, <laughs> and I take a spaceship, like, use the laser hand. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and then you go in there. Um, I, I really think that part of one of the successes of this was that aspect of where it's like all of that UX UI design and yeah. the implementation of of that into the world but the fact that like that three-dimensional like puzzle design element that they mix with combat in certain spaces like there is a a very memorable so part well where together. yeah it went so well together like there's one part in Dead Space 1 where you're um you're trying to get asteroids out of this like room there are like oh, asteroids that I are just like floating this. around this room. Yes, that was and really then like cool. you're you're bouncing in between the walls, you're moving the asteroids. And as soon as you put an asteroid in, you got some baby necromorphs that are coming at you. Yeah. Or the ones that are they look kind of like these weird like dog necromorphs where they have tails, mm -hmm. but they're like swimming at you in space. And you're like, this isn't supposed to happen. I'm just supposed to deal with 3D <laughs> elements. But no, no, they really did it to you that this one. Right. And then in two, they ratchet that like again, they make that like 10 times more oh, difficult and intense and it's like yeah and the fact that like um in two like there's a very specific moment and i'm sorry this is future spoilers but like no, there's there's good. a point while you're playing that game where you have to go out and you have to fix a satellite to like open up communications mm, and you are in space like you are not connected to the structure beyond like this array that you're jumping around and in between and then there's other things that are coming after you at the same time and you have to play with that so yeah shout out to the yeah. puzzle elements that are in this yeah. game that instance that you were talking about with kind of the large asteroids in the room that you have to go clear before you can clear, you can turn the gravity back on because clearly if the yeah. gravity turns back on, those will fall and they can damage things or yourself. Yeah. But one of the instances I really liked was there's a section where you have to put kind of like a, a marker beacon onto the chunk of the planet that was removed. Yeah. And so like if you launch it back up, you guys can always track that back. But 
there is these uh, four kind of, uh, I don't even know what to call them. There's these giant spiraling discs and they're shooting an energy. And I'm assuming that's keeping the asteroid there. And so what your goal is to shoot yeah. stasis at them and then you have to disable them. But what I hadn't even realized was I, I kind of shot all of them. And then one of them was directly above me. Like I had to go and I would go up and there was one on the ceiling. And that obviously when you go up there, it flips the orientation around, but it was really cool. Like you said, puzzle design. Cause I was kind of stuck. I was like, where am I supposed to go? Cause for the most part, yeah. I've like jumped to walls here and there, but it, it was directly above me and that's where I need yeah. to go. And it was like, that's so cool. That's so interesting. That's something you wouldn't think about. Yeah. They were the first, they like, I won't, I, maybe I can't say that they're the first to do it, but they're the first in my like opinion it. to successfully yeah. pull it off in a way that makes sense for that world. So, yeah. Yeah. These games just make me really excited. The Closer Protocol, I hope, is really good. And then again, the remake yeah. of, of Dead Space, especially with kind of how far gaming has come, I, I hope they do it really well because I feel like they, they could just to. knock it out of the park too. They have to. I think I think EA is starting to learn it, one of the specific reasons from uh, from Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, I think EA is starting to learn about the power of single player narrative de- designed games, and I think that like EA with where they are in this space, I feel like they really wanted to get acquired in Microsoft. You know, throwing yeah. around those billions like it's nothing. They really right like here, wanted to get bought. Yeah. They, yeah, exactly. Like I think that they were working very hard to make themselves mm. seem palatable to a lot of these larger yeah. companies who are looking to acquire. Um, you know, established publishers and development studios like ea has um and i think that they are going to be very very cognizant of going forward into the future and making yeah. games that like they're hitting all the numbers they're not just going to half ass it and put it out this time they're not going to pull a cd project red and just push it out because that's what the oh. shareholders are expecting um they, i think that they have to nail uh the dead space remake What's worse about Cyberpunk is it like financially was successful. Like they they sold a fuck ton of money from that game. It just un- was at the at the risk of the players and the game actually being a functioning. <laughs> I, it's, yeah. I think it's fine now. I think it's fine now. But it's just like that should be what happens in the beginning. You shouldn't have to be like, oh, let's just push this out. No, it's gonna be terribly broken. We'll just fix it later. And it's like, ah. yeah. yeah, yeah. You should you you shouldn't have to make your development team crunch because you forced right. them to put something out that wasn't ready. That's just yeah, un- exactly. unconscionable. Um, but this makes me really excited for those kind of games going forward and what we can do with kind of the survival horror now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going into kind of, do you have any other questions for me about like Dead Space or anything that I thought about it? Or um, You know, honestly, I think you nailed it. All of like those oh, different cool. elements. That I, do, are, do you think you're going to go to Dead Space 2 at any point? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, I'll play okay. Dead Space. I'll, okay. play, I'll play three too, even I, just to experience it. It's kind of like what you were saying when you were talking yeah. about uh, Bioshock. Is one of those things where it's like in a normal instance, I probably would be like, "Eh, it's just three. But now that I'm like in the zeitgeist of gaming and everything, and it's like even if it's yeah. a bad game, like I want to experience this by myself. Plus, just to end exactly. the trilogy, so I can play all of them. And be like, yeah, it was shit. Or he'd be like, actually, looking at it critically, there was this part that I liked or this part that I yeah. thought was interesting. So exactly. no, I'm definitely exactly. gonna jump into two and three. I'm I'm excited to hear what you have to say about three because that might persuade me to go back and try that out too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've only heard action blam blam co op game. I, I've heard <laughs> I've heard uh, Dave and Philip talk about it, and I've seen their fun yeah. clips about them. Like, oh god, it's great. I love Nave, but he's got some incendiary takes about some some stuff. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Right. Uh, but yeah, my final thoughts. If you haven't played Dead Space, I think that it still definitely holds up today. 
I think that in some instances where you might see a limitation in the sense of its visual aesthetic or its visual design in comparison to that, I mean, even character design is not anything to write home about into today's standards. But I think a lot of that almost adds to the unsavoriness and the uneasiness this this game brings. Like almost like the uncanny value of the character design almost makes yeah. me even more terrified. Like seeing Isaac like get destroyed sometimes and seeing other characters get ripped apart and they're like yeah. poorly rendered faces. I'm like, this is worse. <laughs> this almost feels worse than it being it's like a, yeah. realistic. It's almost disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but between that and uh, honestly, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody that's listening, but how Dead Space tackles the UI and UX, I think is flawless. Like, I don't think that there's been another game that feels like that all of your systems are a part of the character and not only the character, but the character design and it just all feels real. Like we talked about being immersed and how important it is to feel like this world is real. Like the minute you slap any kind of ammo thing on the side or any blip on the screen, you risk losing that immersion to some people and some people it won't. But even when you're aiming your gun and, and the little like the hologram screen of your ammo comes up, like all those things, even though there's they're, they're mystery sci-fi things that don't exist, they feel like that's what would happen. If I aimed this yeah. gun in, this would be my ammunition. This would show how much I have. You know, it, it feels purposeful. It feels like it's all intentional, too. And it's done really well. Um, this game is terrifying. If you don't like so horror, scary. if you don't like horror games, it definitely holds up today it, <laughs> as being just a very scary game. Lots of lots of jump scares. So if you're like, oh my god, like jump scares either they are they pride themselves on their jump scares. <laughs> they and do. then what you do, you're like, okay, I know these bastards jump out of these vans. I'm going to shoot the vans yep. so I know they're coming out. And then they'll still flip it on you. They're like, oh, they're going to jump out that last one that you shot behind you, and it's going to jump out yep. that way. And you're like, god damn it. Yep, they're um, going to do that. Or the ones that are dead dead on the ground oh yeah i can't tell you how many times i killed a necromorph and then shot it like three four times as it was dead <laughs> and like are you sh- are you sure because you've tricked are you me sure once. about that are you sure <laughs> exactly but no if you haven't played dead space and you're listening to this go play it it's a fantastic game it holds up well it's backwards compatible on xbox so if you have a 360 version of it you could always pop that bad boy in and play it yep. and i don't think it runs for that much on the store either so you can go pick that up too but yeah, that's that's going to be it for this episode of Get Wrecked. Nick, thank you so much, man. It was so much fun talking about Dead Space and Bioshock and a little bit of Pokemon in there. A little Pokemon. bit of Pokemon. We had to throw it up. We had to bring some levity and talk about some Pokemon. Yeah, yeah man. Thank, yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for having me on. This yeah. has been uh, just an incredible time, and I hope to do it again with you sometime. Yeah, we're definitely going to get you back on the show because I need someone to talk about Pokemon with and rant about all the Pokemon stuff, too. Uh, But one more time um, before we leave here, tell the people at home where they can find you and your podcast. Absolutely. So you can find us on any and all podcasting platforms of your choice. We are the Friday Night Gamecast, and those are three separate words. Mm. Um, Gamecast is one word. If you want to find us on Instagram, obviously I'm going to send uh, I'm going to send Jared my yep. my link for our link tree, and you can find us on all of the socials there. But if you just yep. want to go right now and run to Instagram, you can find us at Friday Night Gamers, and that's uh, N I T E G A M R Z on Instagram. Mm. Awesome. Uh, yeah, like, rather, like, rather Twitter, Twitter. That's what that is. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. But all <laughs> yeah. of that will be in the description. Check their exactly. link tree. All of that will be down there. Go check them out because their podcast is really cool. 
Um, but yeah, again, Nick, thank you so much for coming on and talking about these games. Guys, thanks for listening, getting to the end of the episode. For us, same thing. Go to our link tree. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Our video versions of the podcast like this one will be up on our YouTube channel, so you can go and check all of that out. Uh, but thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time with another episode of Get Wrecked. Peace out, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>